Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Glad to be back. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you take my podcast, I appreciate it. And welcome. If you're new, this is my podcast. It's about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, I talk about the things in my life, my son, uh, just, just whatever's on my mind. This is my platform to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, yeah. So welcome. Uh, I guess I'll jump right in. If you're new, make sure you tell somebody about the podcast. I don't care who it is. It could be a friend, enemy, coworker. Tell somebody. Go, hey, I think you'll like this guy. Or like, this guy is fucking crazy. Uh, he says some dumb shit about X, Y. Make him, make him listen. I don't care. All right? And like, if you're getting uh, some dental work today, or whenever, and they they tell you, hey, you should bring something to listen to, so you so you don't hear that that drill grinding on your teeth. Put it in the podcast. Make the dentist play it. Okay, why you get why you getting your root canal? I don't know. You getting surgery? Tell them to play it in the in the room, the OR. Even though you're gonna be knocked out, decide this. I want to take it in subconsciously. You know. Who else? Who else has had who? Who else has gotten surgery to a podcast complaining about uh, fucking pizza toppings while some some man is literally inside your body? That that would be weird. Doctors, man, I don't I couldn't. What? I'm not smart enough. Actually, you know, I take that back. I don't I don't want to do that job. I'm pretty sure if I wanted to, I probably could. But I don't I don't have the desire to want to be a doctor but man could you I, I i don't think i can handle the responsibility as many times as i come i've come into work kind of late that was it i've come in kind of late you know a little hungover like you you cannot you cannot do that as a doctor or a pilot you know i, I need i need a job where i can ease into it you can't ease into a, a early morning surgery you know going inside somebody's body as much as I'm like, eh, when I used to drink, I go, I'll have one, and I end up having four. You can't do that as a doctor, you know. You can't stay up late. Eh, I'll catch the fourth quarter of this game. You gotta go to bed. You gotta, you have to cut a human being open and take something out or fix it the next day, you know. It's not like my old job where you can kind of just waltz in, get get set up on the computer, go down, grab an omelet, make your rounds, talk shit to people, check it. You can't do that. You got a body laying on the unconscious waiting for you. You, you got to be on your P's and Q's. You got to be in a good mood. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being a surgeon and going in having a shit. Like you and your wife or your husband got into an argument the night before. And you just got to go in <laughs> and just do surgery and be and be like, uh, just be 100% present. I need a job where I can kind of space out a little bit. But the, you know what's scary is those those people are so good at their job, they can also space out just a little bit. That's wild to think that some guy, uh, I, got, I got three knee replacements today. Like, that's traumatic for everybody. And for him, that's just, eh, I got three things to do today. After that third one, I'm definitely going to have a couple of pops. You know, they treat their job like everybody else, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I, I, I couldn't, yeah. I like to think about what I'm gonna have for lunch. I can't. You can't. I can't be in somebody inside somebody's body, 
and see all that gore and go, you know what? I think I'm going to go to Fazoli's today or I want Chipotle. I can't do it. I don't think I, I don't have the concentration. I, one, I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not that athletically gifted, but I know now I just, I just didn't have the concentration to, to be better. I, I, I just didn't have it. Like I remember when I finally made it to the pony league, when I was playing baseball and I was so excited that we could lead off base and I, I got a hit, I got on base and I was like, fuck yeah, this is like the pros I'm leading. And next thing I know, I hear a ball slap into somebody's mitt. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And the first baseman is just looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm looking at him like, what is he doing? And he just tagged me out. Like that's how caught up I was and like, holy shit, I'm leading off first. This is dope. I'm like the pros. Five seconds later, I was out, and the coach is yelling at me like, what the fuck are you doing? I just wanted to lead. I thought it was cool. Same thing in basketball. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm chess guard this dude. I'm playing defense. You know, I, uh, not, you know I just, I'm just so caught up in, like, telling myself that I'm concentrating so hard, and then next thing you know, I get picked off, boom, lay up underneath the basket, and the coach is pulling me out. I just, I just didn't have the concentration. Did not have it. And two – I think I could have been better if I really just focused on the things that I actually was good at. You know? Oh, decent shooter. Decent shooter. But the team I played for in high school, it just it, I was the tallest guy at 6'2". So anytime you shot the ball over the free throw line, above the free throw line, the coach was pulling you out. That's what's crazy, too, about like a lot of this, these high school sports, man. We watch uh, we watch a lot of these ballers' life and all these highlights and shit on Instagram, and we start to think like, damn, all these high school players are just so big now. That's that's not the case. You still have those schools where their center is six three. You know, a six three center. That's a that's a guard in, in college, but the small school I went to, what it was like ninety six. They, they weren't trying to hear hear that shit. Hey man, you're not supposed to dribble. But I, I say all this stuff, man, because I, I, I've really fallen in love with basketball again. But I'll get to that. Let me let me just get to my milestone. I'm way off track. I'm kind of just loose here. Um, but uh, let me start with my milestone for the week. For those who don't know, we have a, a nine-year-old son. His name is Miles. And uh, he's with my parents. He, he went to the Rochester, New York for spring break. And uh, I got to say, I'm a little hurt. He really hasn't called, texted, or FaceTimed. But but he's having a good time. My mom is sending videos. He's 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 in, he's enjoying himself, and I just have to face the fact that I have a little bit of se- uh, separation anxiety. Um, yeah. So my my mom came and got him on last Friday, and it was supposed to be just a quick turnaround trip. She came in around ten o'clock. Uh, he was going to get his second. He was going to get his second COVID shot. They were we were going to hang out for a while, and they were going to fly out at five, and be back in Rochester by what? nine o'clock or something like that so she gets in we go to lunch we we, we get the shot we go to lunch we, we hang out at the house we talk stuff have a good time and uh, we head back up to the airport we only live about 15 minutes from the airport and we get there flights canceled uh, we try to get her a flight another flight at another airline she's gonna have to pay full price doesn't want to do that so um, she's gonna end up staying the night which is fine. I haven't seen my mom in a while. She gets to stay with us, uh, spend the night, watch some TV, hang out, you know. 
won't be a big problem. So we get them settled uh, for the night. They go, okay, what's going to happen is you're going to fly out. You're going to um, fly to Atlanta and then back to Rochester. And that night, Friday night, I made a joke to my mom. I go, wouldn't it be funny if y'all just ended up getting stuck in Atlanta and you have to stay the night at your sister's house, uh, my auntie um, Kay's house for the night? And she goes, that will be funny. So we spent a fun evening together as a family. Oh, by the way, my mom and I, we watched um, uh, Gerard Carmichael's new special, Rothaniel, together. And I got to say, it is a beautiful work of art. And to be 100% honest, I really don't like to talk about other comics' work uh, negatively or anything like that on uh, publicly. But I was all, I've always been a fan of Gerard Carmichael. But there was something about him. I was like, man, he's kind of pretentious with the hand movements. I don't know if I really like him. But I used to watch everything. I watch everything that guy does. Everything. I love his TV show. I watch all the specials. But there was, I was always like, ah, I don't know, man, something about him. I just something just wasn't clicking for me. And uh, but everybody loved the guy. And I was like, it must be something that I, I'm just not seeing or, or I'm biased or whatever it may be. I don't know. But this last special. I am letting go of all my doubt on how I feel about Gerard Carmichael. He's a, he is an artist. And I will say, I kind of came up old school. It's, it's only about the jokes. We don't need to be cutesy and all this kind of stuff. And I really felt like a lot of his stuff is like a little too artsy for me. And, uh, and after this last special, talking about his family, him coming out, talking about his mom, just talking about the whole mental process of him coming out and accepting who accepting accepting himself for who he is. It all clicked. And uh man, I'm a huge fan. I I thought it, I thought the special was fantastic. Uh was it like belly laughs the entire time? Absolutely not. It wasn't. There was a lot of heavy stuff in there that I actually that I really enjoyed. Um I just I loved the pacing of it. There were some pockets of like a lot of laughter, but there were times where you're pretty quiet and but you're just so enthralled at what's going on on stage you just you're hanging on every single word it's just the way it was shot Bo Barnum did a, an excellent job man the guy's a fucking genius behind that camera it, it was a beautiful special I, I really enjoyed it uh it's it is it truly is a work of art I, I I absolutely enjoyed it absolutely enjoyed it the the guy is he's amazing and I wish him the best I'm so happy for him uh he can finally public publicly be who he is and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, his future projects and what he puts out. Uh, man, it, it was a really, it was a really great special, and it just really like made me realize you just gotta be really open. Just be honest on stage, man. Just, just be honest. You know, talk about the things that you want to talk about. And uh, there is a hint of, there's a bit of jealousy in there, but not in a bad way. I want to be in the position where. I can have a crowd and just I can take them wherever I want to. And people want to listen. They're interested. And of course, I want it, I want it to be funny, but I also want to be thought provoking. But funny is always forward in my mind. But I but I also understand when you're going through certain things, you have to address those issues before you can really get to, to the funny. Um, And it, it was very motivating to see because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about as far as like my son and I, our relationship. Uh, um. A wife and I's marriage, uh, a, a lot of the similarities between my son and I when we were that age and 
and basically how we're we're still the same, but our anxiety and our and then all that kind of stuff, it just manifests differently because we're in different stages of our life. And the pandemic made me really see that about my son and myself. Um, while you know the, the pandemic really sucked, sucked, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things, uh, a lot of similarities between him and I. And uh, I just I want to be able to help him through that. I just don't want to be like, oh yeah, I know what that's like. I've been there. You know, I really want to be able to help my little dude get through his anxieties and, and his worries and his fears and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was um, great special. If you have HBO, HBO Max, uh, check it out. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. So that, uh, you know, so he's he's in Rochester. He's really enjoying himself. My wife and I are finally getting some time together. Um yeah, he's he's having a good time. We're having a good time. She's headed to Vegas here tomorrow. I'm gonna go up to DC. But yeah, but uh, man, if you get a chance, check that out. I, I I really really enjoyed it. Um, what else could I? So a, a buddy of mine hit me up. He goes, "Hey, I really need you to send me a tape for something. Not really gonna get into it, but uh, he goes, I need I I, I I want us I want you to send me a tape." And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to DC. He goes, it's gotta be good. It's gotta need you need good video, great sound. I'm like, that's not a problem. I record stuff all the time. I can get that done. So I go up to DC and uh, I do spots at Hotbed Comedy Club, which is Sean Joyce's new club. Uh, he used, he runs underground comedy. He used to have Big Hunt, which is probably my one of my most favorite rooms of all time uh, to do. And uh, that closed because of the pandemic. We were very worried about. You know, the state of D.C. comedy, we all miss Big Hunt. It was such a part of D.C. comedy. It was such an iconic venue. We had so much fun there, a lot of history, a lot of fun moments, a lot of famous drop-ins, just just a great time. You know, like Big Hunt was the, um, it was, it's basically, it was the comedy seller for D.C. That was all the local comics. That was their goal. Most of them was to get into Big Hunt with Sean Joyce, and do those showcases. But that's now all in the past. And we've spoken to Sean before about him opening the club. And it's finally here. It took him years, but he finally did it. It's an Adam Morgan. And uh, I finally went, did a set. It's a it's a beautiful club. It's not done. The showroom looks fantastic. Uh, the, the venue itself is beautiful. He's, he's not done. The showroom is about, I would say about 95% done. But the green room was going to be dope. The upstairs bar, that whole little uh, seating area. Looks dope. I'm very happy for him. the The show was was great. The crowds were great. I mean, if it, it, it felt like Hunt to a degree, but it's not Hunt because it's it's so new. Like literally, with Hunt, you had rats crawling on the pipes up above your head. Water was leaking. They had all those pictures of those weird devils and demons, and people were packed in. It was just just you could hear people walking upstairs. Uh, on the on the on the on the old wood floor, it was just a magical place. Even though it was kind of dingy and dirty, it just seemed like this is where comedy should be happening. And I, I'm, I'm gonna miss it, but this is a new chapter. I had a, so, but anyway, I had a great set over there, and I asked my buddy Mikey Kurtz. I go, hey, can I come to Copacabana and do a spot? And that's right. That's literally right across the street, and about three or four storefronts down. Adams Morgan right now is popping for comedy. If you in if you're in D.C. If you're planning to go to D.C., yes, I would say check out the improv. But if you want to see some local showcases, head over to Adams Morgan. Friday and Saturday, you're going to find, I would say, three or four shows going on. So I hop over to Copacabana. Got a young, hot crowd, very mixed crowd. You got black, Latinos, Latinas, Latinx, 
uh, gay couples. You got uh, uh, we had some uh, Ethiopians in there. It's just a really young, hip, cool crowd. Very low ceilings. This this room is more aesthetically like Hunt. But it was a, 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 a hot room, a hot show. I go up, I have a hot set. So excited. And I'm like, this is the tape. This is the tape that I'm going to send in. Right? I get home and the audio is fucked. And this is where I messed up. I had, I bought a cordless lapel mic a while ago. I've used it before. It works fine. I haven't used it in a while. And uh, I hooked it up all wrong. And, and both audio uh, portions of both videos well, actually, the big, the uh, the the hotbed set. There's no audio. I think I plugged the transmitter up backwards, so that's that's null and void. That's nothing there. And then with the Copa set, it's just so scratchy. It's so distorted. It, it cannot be used. Um, um, and I'm 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 upset about it, but I don't know the deadline to get my man this tape. But I'm gonna go back up there, uh, this weekend and and see if I can get the tape and and send it to him. But I had to tell myself, you know what? It doesn't matter. You had two fun sets. You had you had a great time. I know I went up there to get this to get the uh, video, but it, it didn't work out. But I'm just thankful that I had two fun sets. And Sean's Sean's room is absolutely uh, amazing, and I'm I'm very very happy for him. And also Mikey Curse, man, shout out to him too, man. He's been building something special with Crybaby in DC. So if you, again, if you're in DC, check out Adams Morgan uh, Underground Comedy, Crybaby DC. A lot of a lot of great shows uh, out there. Um, but to go back to what I was saying earlier, man, I, I, I've really fallen in love with basketball again. The, the tournament kind of pulled me back in. Uh, the championship game was, was amazing, man. I, 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 uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I had so much fun watching that game. I was, I was really into it. Uh, just, just being a fan of, of both of those teams growing up, Kansas, North Carolina, it really took me back to my high school days, man, when I was just so enthralled. With basketball, that was my entire fucking life, man. Uh, and just to see Hubert Davis coaching UNC now, somebody I used to watch play in the league. And uh, it's just, it's a, I'm at an odd point in my life. I know they are too. They're getting older. They've been retired for a while, for a while now. And seeing the guys that uh, I used to watch play in college now become coaches and all that kind of stuff, it's uh, it's interesting. And it, it, it's fun. And uh I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really back into it, man. Just, just watching these young guys really play and build these relationships with each other, with, with each other, and it just seems like so much fun. And shout out to the Kansas Jayhawks, man. They, they were missing a lot of little chippies, a lot of little close-in layups, a, a lot of mid, mid-range um, jumpers. Uh, you can, you can tell both teams had a lot of nerves coming out. And I want to say it was about the 13-minute mark in the second half. Where I was like, okay, these motherfuckers are hooping, they're hooping, man. And and we all know basketball is a game of runs. You know, I think UNC went up maybe fifteen or something like that in the first half. But as basketball is, man, it, the tables turn, and and UNC started missing all those little shots, you know. And um, hey, time ran out, and uh, UNC just couldn't hold it. But it was it was a hell of a game. Uh, that that kid Armando Baycott hooped his ass off, man, and that's what I really like to see. I love to see these. This time, I, I don't, I don't. Let me back up. I don't like to see these guys get hurt, but I do like to see whenever they tweak an ankle or bump a knee, they get hit in the face. They're like, "Fuck it, I'm, I tape it up, or I'm not coming out the game." I like to see these guys leave it all on the floor. Like, 
for the, for some of these guys, th- this is it. You know, they're never going to play at this level again, and, and, and that's it. Uh, and unfortunately, what really sucks is the guys who didn't play at all. That's 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 basically it for them, unless they go overseas. You know, I think if you're starting and you're, and you're doing pretty well, you might have a shot at playing professional at some point uh, somewhere on on the globe. Uh, maybe not the NBA, but you might have a shot at playing and making money, uh, making a living playing basketball. But for uh, I'm, I'm assuming for a lot of the guys who just, who, you know, they're deep on that bench, this is it, you know. They might give it a shot at the NBA, maybe go overseas and try something. But for a lot of those guys, this 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 is it for them. And I just love seeing people put it all out on the floor. And, uh, yeah, I, I, thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'll say this too. Uh, shout out to Coach Gay. Coach Gay. Coach K. Chevsky's done. That's it for him, folks. I mean, what, a 40-year career? Man, um, I watched a little short little um, – is it an expose? Kind of like a little quick coach bio. And I didn't realize – because at the time I'm 13, 14, you know, that age, I'm not really all into the coaching thing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just so caught up in basketball and, and I know some coaches name, but as far as their careers, not really into that. I didn't realize when they started winning uh, back in the nineties, like that was really the beginning of his dynasty, if you will. You know, I, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't know what, what preceded him and what he was up against, all I knew was like, damn, this Coach K, Duke, I'm I'm 13. I'm I'm in eighth grade. Maybe ninth grade. I, I want to be a D1 player. I want to go play for Coach K. I want to play for Duke. You know, I want to play for uh, North Carolina. I want to play for all those teams. And that, that was a fun time of my life, man, just watching all these basketball games, knowing all the players. And uh, – but – Sorry, I digress. This this is my ADHD. Coach K was always a coach that I, I I dreamed about playing for. I used to just think about how hard his practices used to be and, you know, how great it would be to have that guy scout me, even though I fucking sucked. But just that pipe dream, man, and, and um, it's all over. And as we see, man, life typically doesn't wrap shit up in a nice bow. Sometimes it's nasty. You know, he lost to his biggest rival. In the final four. And I, that's, I didn't know that. I didn't know this was the first time they ever met at, at this point. I had never knew that this was the first time they had ever played in, in the final four against each other. You would assume so with their history, but I, I didn't know. I think that that's a, that would be a great, that would have been a great trivia question. Probably still could be. I think most people who like sports, but are not like huge stat guys or ladies or theys um, or thems, uh, I don't think most people realize that they had never played in the Final Four against each other. Eh. You know how I know my podcast ain't shit? Because if I'm wrong about that, nobody will ever contact me and go, hey, actually, that's when you know your podcast is really taking off when people start to actually respond to you about shit you said on your podcast. But anyway, I really enjoyed the tournament. Shout out to Kansas. Um, shout out to uh, to uh, um, Hubert. Hubert Davis? Hubert Davis? Yeah, Hubert Davis. Why am I tripping? I mean, just watching that guy, just watching the coaches, their emotions just go from, like, so elated in the stand. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to win a championship. I'm up by 15, and 
and then to watch the lead dwindle and now they're upset and watch watching Bill Self go from being infuriated to oh my god I'm about to win another one. I just I love the the push and pull and the changing of emotions when it comes to sports. I really love that. And just I, I love watching a, a player silence a crowd. I, I just I love a I love watching a player hit a three and have the crowd go wild. I just love where where the emotions go in, in sports, man. It's just it's all over the place. You know, it's so much fun. But I get it. We can get upset when our team loses, but when you when you think about it, it really doesn't amount to anything. It's it's a cheap way to really get yourself ramped up to get really excited or disappointed about something that really doesn't matter. I don't know. It's just I I, I really enjoy it. But Man, I'm I'm back, man. I'm I'm back on my NBA shit, my uh, my college basketball shit. Uh, I'm 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 really enjoying it, man, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Um, and speaking of basketball, if you have not watched it yet, HBO has another show called uh, Winning Time, and it's basically like a um, a fictitious story about the making of the Showtime Lakers. There are some true elements, and they made up some stuff too to uh, make it a little bit more exciting. But I gotta say, man, John C. Riley as uh, Jerry Buss, fantastic. Uh, HBO rarely misses. I- I'll say this, and I- I'm gonna go. I'm-, I'm-, I'm reaching almost 30 minutes here. Um, have you guys watched True Detective, the one with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson? Now, I like both of those guys as actors. And Matthew McConaughey is a guy who was like, I enjoy his stuff, but I also kind of leave him where he is. He was never a guy that was like on my list of like top actors. And I'll say the same thing for Woody Harrelson. I love their work, but I was never like, oh, Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, great actors. I never said that, but I never thought they weren't bad. I enjoyed their work. Just want to make that clear. But after I watched that first season of True Detective, I gained so much more respect for those guys as actors. I mean, the chops on both of those guys. I was just like, man, I, I just saw them in, in a different light. I had never seen them in roles like that before. You know, so I, I really gained a lot of respect for both of those guys as actors. And I, I, I put them on my list of like, I really enjoy them. And they're excellent at their craft. I have to give it to them. And I say that to say, I have to say the same thing about John C. Riley. He does so many like goofy characters, you know, Dewey Cox, um, Step Brothers. He's just a funny dude, a funny looking guy. His physicality is funny. Uh, he he just he the way he mimics human movement. The, it's just I knew he was really good at that. But watching this guy in Winning Time, HBO has done it again. John C. Riley, brilliant fucking actor. God, he's he's so good. The guy who's playing Jerry Jerry West is fucking hilarious. The guy they got for Magic Johnson is amazing. Kareem is amazing. Uh, Wood Harris as Spencer Haywood, so good, so good. I highly recommend the show. Like I said, HBO barely misses. I remember seeing this trailer a while ago, and I was just like, man, I don't know how this is gonna play out. I didn't know if it was gonna be super serious, if it was gonna have some funny parts. Like, were they really trying to capture like the true story? Or were they kind of gonna veer off a little bit? And I, I love how it was shot. I love the uh, the visual effects, how they make some of the footage look homemade. I want to say there is a little bit of homemade movie footage in there too. I mean, just small pockets of it to make it kind of seem 
documentary-ish. But I again, I can't recommend it enough. Winning Time, HBO. Make sure you guys watch it. It's, it's a great show. And with that being said, there's a show. That's the show. Um, next week, I'll be in Charlottesville. I got a few things popping up. We have comedy conversations. If you're in the Charlottesville area, come check that out. I got me and all my my, uh, my friends from the shop. Uh, we got a few ladies on the panel as well. We're going to be talking love, life, relationships, pop culture stuff. Yes, we're going to talk about Will and Jada in front of a live audience. I know it's been beaten to death, but some people still like to talk about it. So we'll, we'll talk about a whole bunch of different things. So that is Wednesday in Charlottesville. Okay. April 13th, eight o'clock, 10 bucks. Come on out the following day, same venue at the Southern. I'm opening for Mark Norman, two shows, seven and nine 30. I want to say the nine, seven o'clock show was sold out. The nine 30 show still has a few tickets. So if you haven't gotten the ticket again, if you're in the Charlottesville area, you want to see Norman, come check us out at the Southern two show or well, one show. 9.30 late show. Come and see us. And I'm super excited. Next Saturday, your boy will be at the Lincoln Theater with Mark Norman again. Um, that show is almost sold out. I went and checked the website. There's some few. There's a, a quite a few tickets in the in the top tier in the back. Uh, when I say quite a few, I'll say about 100. And this is a 1,000-seat a theater. So this thing will sell out. So there are seats left, but they're up on the second tier in the back. I'm pretty sure there's no really bad seats at this theater. So, if you're a fan of Norman and you happen to like me for somehow and you're in D.C., you want to see us in D.C. or see him in D.C. or see me in D.C., I will be there next Saturday at the Lincoln Theater. Uh, and I'm super excited. I'm not really nervous yet, but uh, I know the nerves are coming. You know, the more I start looking up the venue and looking at who, who's played there in the history, I'll get nervous. But I'm very – I'm looking to – I'm, I'm I'm so excited. I'm very excited. That's what I was trying to say. I'm very excited about this um, opportunity. And I hope to see a lot of you guys there. And uh, I'm out. Oh, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram and Twitter and all social media at Chris Allen Comedy. I'm out. Peace. Thanks. Have a great week.